Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. Welcome to another edition of the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zaki, and of course, joining me, it is the Polish Pipe Bomb, Jeff Rolaski. How are you doing, sir? I'm decent today, Steve. I do have decent. Uh, I do have a little complaint here. I um, because of this whole virus thing, uh, and the show has to stay on the air until three o'clock this afternoon. Uh, I am supposed to be taking part in a. Zoom baby shower. Now, why in the hell, because of the virus and the lockdown and all this kind of crap, why does that make me have to change my gender? Uh, Baby showers are for women and not for men, but I'm supposed to sit through one of these bad boys today anyway. Wait, who's, who's baby shower? Shower. My my wife's sister. So my sister-in-law. It's your sister-in-law. Okay. So, oh, don't you have to just like poke your head in on the camera with with your wife and say, "Oh hi, I'm here," and then just leave? No, I don't think so. I uh, was told I'm expected to participate and actually <laughs> smile during this thing. <laughs> so. I, I don't understand, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I guess I'm a woman now, Steve. I went through the transformation this week, I guess. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, well, that's changed a little bit. With you know, it was it was once taboo where men were were not even weren't even welcomed and much less frowned upon if they would even show up at a baby shower or any type of wedding shower or whatnot and. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, uh, I, I wish you the best on that, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Sorry to throw the show off track here. What a fantastic <laughs> weekend of racing we've got, man. Well, I tell you what, and we we need to thank our friends at, at Great Lakes Dragway, and I don't know if you saw the the news that broke earlier today, but, you know, they, they, they continually improve uh, everything at, at Great Lakes Dragway. And this one kind of ta- you know, took me by surprise. And once I saw it, I said, I said yes, that is something they should have did. And that was uh, part of their Project 2020 is they redid all the exit and entrance roads to Great Lakes Dragway. 
So, and those have probably that that, that asphalt that 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 that's been there is is probably older than us. Uh, old Broadway Bob probably put that up back in the '60s. And uh, so a tat tip to uh, Roy Henning and, and and the gang there for 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 putting that up. Uh, nice job. And so it's going to be a much smoother ride once you go through the gates at Great Lakes Dragway. So uh, tip of the hat to, to to those guys there. It's looking good. And of course uh, this weekend it's the it's the Rumble of the Humboldt at Great Lakes Dragway. Uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, racing all day long at Great Lakes Dragway. So make sure you check them out. Uh, as the best bet is to check them right on Facebook, uh, Great Lakes Dragway. Uh, Facebook page for all the latest updates. And I'd also like to thank our friends at David Hobbs Honda for all the best in new and used Hondas at davidhobbs.com. Make sure you check them out for their latest in inventory. Uh, we kind of have, a, a, I guess I guess you want to call it breaking news, I guess, if you, if, if you want to call it. Uh, it this is kind of broken Indianapolis today. This is a kind of a deal. Now, this is a, we're, we're going to be uh, focusing a lot on the Indy 500. We usually do this every year, and of course it's, um, it's been a tradition going back over 10 years where I would be down in Indianapolis and I'd get all sorts of neat content, talk to drivers, get drivers interviews and whatnot, and, and play them throughout the day in May. But of course this year, everything in sports and everywhere is all screwed up this year. And they're doing the Indianapolis 500 this weekend. Uh, but this is, this kind of, this is a kind of a cool deal, Jeff. I don't know if you saw this, but this, you know, they had their little dog and pony show, their, their driver's meeting, which isn't the real driver's meeting anyways. But, uh, and then afterwards, you know what they did? The, the drivers kind of went into the town of Speedway in the area around Speedway and visited longtime ticket holders in person. Yeah, I, I saw that. It was all I over that was Twitter. Cool. And yeah. what a just what an amazing, classy move by IndyCar, by those drivers, by Roger Penske to set it all up. Just absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, those guys, all those longtime ticket holders, you know, I'm sure they were hanging on every release from we're going, you know, well, we will have fans. We'll be at 50%. We'll be at 25%. Now, all of a sudden, you're not invited at all. Uh, what a great move by IndyCar. Just absolutely phenomenal. It, that's wonderful. And the, the uh, Takuma Sato, who is, uh, of course, a uh, one, I think, in 2017, uh, posted a photo. Uh, a gentleman sent him a flag to sign. This is an old Marlboro, or I should say mobile, you know, the old Pegasus horse, mobile checkered yep. flag, in which I, I actually have two of these things. These things date back to the 50s. And th this thing is is signed only by winners, this fan, and he sent it to Takuma Sato. He actually presented it back to him, signed by Sato, uh, this morning to him. And I'm, they posted a photo. And I must say, this 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 flag is in much better shape than the two that I have. And I mean, you got Jim Rathman on here, Roger Ward, Allen's, or that I can see Bobby Rahal, Pernelli Jones. Um, let's see here. This all all the winners are on here, and it looks pretty sharp. Bobby Unzer and uh, Sato just signed it. Mario Andretti's on there. And I'm looking. I'm kind of squinting, looking at this thing. But a pretty cool deal and a piece of memorabilia, and I bet you this really made his day. That you know, hey, you know, this thing was presented to me by Sato. He signed it. And he actually came to my house and delivered it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's 
you know, that, there's no way for me to sit there and, and tell you how much I love this that story and uh, just the move by IndyCar. So kudos to them. Hats off. What a just a w- absolutely wonderful idea. They definitely delivered on that one. Yeah, and then he took the, the, the drivers themselves who were paraded around in, in the uh, Chevrolet Camaro pace car. They did a little uh, uh, mini parade down Main Street in Speedway and uh, and then went to uh, individual houses to say hi to the fans and that. There's also another one that they posted with, uh, this was a neat one. A lady was squealing. She was so excited. Mario and Marco Andretti came to her house. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm sure you wish... Uh... You know, I I bet that she hopes uh, that she vacuumed, you know, the carpet and stuff the day before. <laughs> and, you know, that she didn't have uh, dishes uh, from breakfast still sitting in the sink and all that. But <laughs> that uh, that's got to be when the doorbell rings and you open the door and there's two Andretti staring at you. That's a one hell of a wonderful uh, Saturday morning, I'll tell you. Well, you know, and the town of Speedway obviously really gets behind the the 500 and everything. And there's a lot of they actually do a little thing. It's kind of like with State Fair with the with the city of West Dallas, where especially the the properties around it, they really spiff up the the yards and that for the fair, or in this case for the 500 in May. But this time, you know, it's it's August. So when when you see the video. You know, it's it's kind of cool. You've seen these houses. They got the little checkered flags. And, you know, the, the yards are all decked out. And it, it's really cool. It gives a real sense of community uh, with, with the town of Speedway down there. Well, and in times like these, you know, uh, when people are are feeling really isolated, you know, the anything that you can bring back that sense of community uh, the sense of normalcy in any kind of sense is is one. It's a great move. Yeah, it really is. It really is, and and it, it's like I said, it, it's certainly frustrating. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people having just a couple people over for get-togethers to watch the 500 and that, and I know IndyCar is really pushing, and the Speedway is is you know, hey, watch it on TV. You know, don't don't even you know even uh, the president. Uh, uh, Speedway President Doug Bowles is saying, you know, we appreciate you guys coming out and 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 hanging out outside the track, but we'd rather have you guys, you know, watching on TV because they're they're really doing a lot of extra things this year and making this thing as spectacular as it can be. So they're really hoping to get a, a ratings push and ratings were up uh, uh, last week uh, for qualifying over the previous year. So. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if that continues with the race. It, it'll be interesting to see too, uh, with the ratings, you know, the ratings were kind of dipping down, dipping down. And there was some controversy where IndyCar didn't really think that ESPN slash ABC was promoting it, uh, the way they should have. And then when they switched over to the NBC, NBC is really kind of taking, uh, command of it and is really pushing it. You know, we, we saw this, uh, with the Kentucky Derby. I mean, uh, you and I are not big, huge racing fans, but you know, just being involved, you know, with, with the station and that, you know, ten years ago the Kentucky Derby was meh. You know, horse racing was really under ropes, but over you know the last five, six, seven, eight years, horse racing has kind of gotten cool again a little bit. At least the Kentucky Derby, and I think that's what IndyCar is hoping with the Indianapolis 500 and that, kind of getting it back into where people go, hey, that's right, it's the Indy 500 this weekend. Now, it's a little bit tougher 
this year, having it, you know, in on the third week of August. But uh, you know, Memorial Day is all synonymous with the Indy 500, and it's, it 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 kind of gotten a little bit back where you know the ratings are are, are ex, uh, ascending instead of descending, Jeff, weren't they? Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of it started with the uh, when they had the hundredth, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's where the uptick started, and um, obviously with the quarantine and all the other BS that happened this year, um, you know, um, the ratings will be up and they should be up. You know, it, it's still it's very awkward that we're in the middle of August. And now we're talking Indy 500. Now we're going to see the 500, all that. But what a, on the positive side, just how wonderful is it that you can go to casinos in Indiana and you can go to casinos now in Illinois and you can go to the sports book and throw down money on the Indy 500. That is phenomenal. I'm thinking of taking the drive this afternoon a little bit south to go and uh, and throw some some dollars on the race, and they don't have it where you can do it mobile yet. But once they open that up, it's gonna be fun. I tell you what, we we got a full show today. Uh, we're gonna be talking. It's the return of the big ragu, of course. Matt Regatius will be joining us uh, in the second half of this hour. Uh, plus, we got Tom Beeler is going to be joining us, IndyCar Insider from Indianapolis. We want to get their insight. They're actually on the ground in Indi- Indianapolis. Kind of want to get their uh, how how the the vibe is down there, so to speak, down in Indianapolis. So we'll be talking to them. And coming up in the next segment, uh, Jeff and I will be talking about the Go Bowling 235 last week at Daytona. Of course, they were on the road course. Some interesting stuff there. And, of course, this weekend they're at Dover. And uh, we'll talk about that, too, coming up uh, next on the Final Inspection Show. Then we have uh, three questions with Larry in the second half of the hour. And then also got more Indy 500 content coming up. So uh, a lot of a lot of fun this uh, on the show today. And we'll have more coming up after this. Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Don't forget, this weekend it is the Rumble in the Humboldts. Uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we're going to have drag racing. Kids get in for free under 9. And then kids age 10 to 15, it's $10, and adults $20. You can't get much better value than that today. I can't uh, wait to it, see you try to get in as an under 9, Steve. I'm going to have one of those hats with the propeller. I'm going to have one of those hats with the propeller on the head walking in. (laughs) Yep, that's going to make my weekend. Yeah, yeah, my buddy here. Yeah, he's only eight and a half. And there's like a striped shirt that's a little bit too small, you know, (laughs) wandering in with my with uh, with little little short shorts on. 
Yeah, right. yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you get out to, to the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And also like to thank our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Make sure you check out DavidHobbs.com for all the latest in new and certified used Honda vehicles at DavidHobbs.com. Jeff, we were in Daytona last week, and um, well, I shouldn't say we were, but uh, visually via the television, we were watching uh, racing from uh, the road course at Daytona. I must say, from the ARCA race and all the other races, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, they were actually racing instead of just smashing into each other. It's almost like the these drivers kind of got this road racing thing down pat, don't they? Yeah, you know, they uh, they definitely adapted well over the weekend. And like you, I was surprised with no practice, no qualifying, how well, uh, especially the starts of the races, uh, went off. Now you know that when you get down in the final stage and the laps are running running low and all that, that uh, there's all take and no give. And so you expect some cautions there. And sometimes, it, you know, the last five laps turn into an hour and a half like they did at Road America. But um, it, was, it was surprising at how well uh, they ran that course and, uh, and how well it came off. And I'll tell you, listening to the post-race show, all the drivers just absolutely raved about that course, uh, saying how much better it was than the Roval and how it was an actual real race course and not something that they just carved together uh, on a whim and put together like they did with the Roval. So it uh, it seemed like a success on, on many, many levels. Yeah, and uh, Chase Elliott, I mean, really looked good, especially right at the end. Uh, of course, your winner was Chase Elliott. And, you know, the the last few laps there, Denny Hamlin was giving him all he could do. And it looks like it was almost like Denny was trying all these different lines just to get up to his bumper and maybe kind of give him a little bit of a nudge. Uh, but he just couldn't do it. That's how good Chase was uh, towards the end of that race and just was able to pull away and uh, – uh, impressive win by uh, Chase Elliott uh, in the number nine Napa Auto Parts Chevrolet for Hendrick Racing, uh, a win they needed. And, of course, Denny Hamlin looking good again. Uh, Martin Truex looking good in the other Gibbs cars. And then you had uh, Jimmy Johnson. Chris Boucher with a nice run, finishing fifth with uh, Clint Boyer. And uh, Jeff's favorite driver of all time, the great Chaz Grala, who is subbing for Austin. Dylan, who, uh, surprise, surprise, guess what? Two negatives, he's back racing this weekend. Yeah, he definitely is. That was, uh, you know, I swear the NASCAR drivers must have immune systems like nobody's business because Jimmy Johnson, this one race after uh, his uh, quote, what I think is a false positive, uh, Austin Dillon uh, only missed one race. I thought I was going to get a longer vacation away from him. Uh, So, you know, these guys seem to be bouncing back real quick from the – from the COVID, which is good, good for them, good for their families. Uh, in Austin Dillon, you know, Austin Dillon's case, I think America loses when he runs, but uh, that's just a one man's personal opinion. So, uh, you know, good, good for everybody. Uh, a couple of disappointments, I think, looking at this, 10th place Michael McDowell. I think he was looking for a stronger showing, was, was, had, had glimpses, was looking pretty good. Thought maybe he might be able to get a top five finish there. Um, 
also I think Alex Bowman had glimpses. He he could have done better. And then and then once again Kyle Busch. What, what what's going on with Kyle Busch? Is it in his head now? Is he just have the the, the case of the efforts or, or or what? I mean, it just seems that way that he's like you know I don't need you know he's he's checked out for the rest of the year. It does seem that way, and you know every time uh, in the past that I have you know, sat there and started thinking, oh, my God, Kyle Busch is in a slump or, you know, Kyle Busch just can't seem to get it together. Then he run, he rattles off three wins in four weeks. Uh, I've been waiting for him to do that this year. He's not doing it this year. In fact, it seems like he's just treading water or going backwards. And um, just another, another bad showing for him. And I think he rolls off uh, because of the bad showing uh, at, at Daytona. I think he mm-hmm. rolls off at the uh, Monster Mile this weekend, like 22nd. And uh, that's not going to be any fun starting to race back in, in that kind of traffic. And either it definitely increases his chances of running into trouble today in the uh, in the cup race. So right. that team, it just seems like they can't get out of their own way. Uh, hats off to Chase Elliott. You know, uh, like you said, Hendrick needed that win, and he is so lucky he's got Chase Elliott and the dominance that he has shown personally on road courses because uh, Hendrick is kind of becoming an, an afterthought, and who thought that that would have happened? You know, back when they had uh, Gordon and Jimmy Johnson was winning everything all the time, all those guys, uh, Dale Jr., and and now all of a sudden it's a shocker when Hendrick runs well and gets a win. Yeah, it certainly is. And, you know, you just wonder, you know, with with, with the playoffs the way they're set, you know, let's say Kyle Busch does get a win. He sneaks in a win. What if he the luck turns around for him because, you know, everything basically starts over in the playoffs. He goes on a run and he gets into the top four. You know, I mean... That that you know we this is the one thing that we didn't really like about the playoffs. I mean, for for especially me being old school, the championship is 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 that is the guy that won the whole year, and I understand why they're doing this. They want to create something and they want it to be like the NCAA tournament or or the playoffs and who's ever the hot you know. But we're looking at domination here by Denny Hamlin and, and Kevin Harvick, which in itself in the old days would be, hey, these two are going to battle for the championship right to, down to the final race. But now with the playoffs, somebody could stumble, somebody like Kyle, Kyle Busch has no business being in the playoffs, judging on what, what he's done so far this year. But if you know he's in a great driver, great car, he could put it all together and win a race. And then, you know, what happens if he's in that final four and then he comes somehow wins the championship? I mean, does that, what does that do to the, the fan on the street? They're like, wait, wait, what happened here? Kyle Busch is the champion again? I mean, you know, and the other thing too, Jeff, he's not the most popular driver on the planet, is he? No, no, he's not. He's a total lightning rod and you either love him or hate him. And a lot more hate him than love him. He still does have one heck of a uh, of a fan base and a following and there's you know tons of people that root for kyle i'm a, i'm one of the rare ones on the fence i i appreciate his talent he is supremely talented he is one of the best drivers in the world behind a car uh a race car of any type whether it's xfinity truck uh nascar i'm sure he could sit there and 
uh, hop into a late model on dirt tracks and, and be competing for wins every week. He's having a bad year. And, yes, uh, you know, the fact that somebody can get hot those final 10 weeks and, and steal the championship, you know, this is one year where NASCAR should say, this season going into the final race at Phoenix, there's only going to be two guys fighting for the title, and that's Harvick and Hamlin, if it was going to be a legitimate title. Because anybody besides those two that wins this year is not going to be a legitimate champion in in my eyes. Right, right. And I think that's always been the kind of the concern for us, or no, I should say us, I guess, for, for, for fans – that want to see the sport thrive, uh, there's always that concern where you want a le- you, you you don't want an illegitimate champion. Well, what is an is illegitimate that, champion is somebody that really doesn't deserve it. I guess is what we're trying to say. Exactly. They were just trying to sit there and eliminate the years where you had somebody wrap up their championship title with four weeks to go in the season, where the last three weeks were just you know a parade and. There was no drama. There was no buildup. There was no anything. It was just a uh, like a, a month-long celebration of that year's champion. But if you dominated the season like that, then you deserve it. So it's kind of like the whole stage racing. It's made-up drama. Uh, they know that the restarts are the most exciting parts of these races now because of how they have their cars set up. And that that's when all hell breaks loose and has the opportunity to break loose and the most passing happens. And so they put in these artificial cautions just to sit there and have more restarts. So it's just, it's made up drama. And uh, like I said, anybody besides Hamlin or Harvick that uh, if they were to win the title this year, it, it would just be a damn shame. And it's interesting, you know, the domination the NASCAR is celebrated. You look at 1967 with Richard Petty uh, driving that awesome, beautiful uh, Plymouth Belvedere. But 1967, 48 races run. This is still the old-style system where they ran during the week two and they ran dirt, dirt, uh, you know, short track, dirt track races and everything before the quote-unquote modern era in 1972. But he won 27 uh, 48 races, won, dominated the year, won the uh, championship running away, actually won 10 races in a row. It's, it was celebrated, and, and while it was happening, people were, were, you know, were fascinated by it. Look at Richard Petty, and that's one of the things that made Richard Petty, Richard Petty the superstar, was his domination, especially in 67. You know, so I mean, I, I understand where you. you you know, you, you can have fatigue, especially when you look at Formula One with Lewis Hamilton, you know, dominating and Mercedes, you know, there's a definitely, I mean, I, I, I admit it, I have it, you know, you tune in and okay, Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes is going to win again. Yes, I totally understand that. But in, in, in with 67, you people look back at with look back on it with with Fonda. Same thing with the Yankees. You know, the, oh yeah, remember the Yankees back then, you know, they were so dominant or or even the Packers of the 60s or Steelers of the 70s. So, I mean, domination can be can be a good thing. I understand now it's a different world, but you still but you don't want to you, you you screw around with stuff and you can definitely cause problems, can't you, Jeff? Yeah, you sure can. You know, dynasties uh were always celebrated and everything like that. Uh, how, how you mentioned how, you know, it's not celebrated now like it used to be. 
uh, NASCAR, you know, you used to celebrate the crew chiefs that had the innovation, figured something out that gave their car an edge on a week-in, week-out basis. They used to celebrate those guys, and they were so well-known in the garage, and everybody, all the fans, all the diehards, everybody knew who they were. Now you have, you know, just this massive push to make everything the same. And when they roll out the, the new car where the chassis are all exact and everything is all exact, there, you know, it's a complete fundamental shift from its roots and from what it grew up being and from the sport that, you know, that has, it's evolved, but hasn't evolved in a good way. The jury is still out on that. Yep, totally agree. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Tom Beeler from Indianapolis and get the latest from uh, what's happening down in Indianapolis and this weekend's Indianapolis 500 coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotke along with the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski, and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from Racing Information Service, our IndyCar insider, Tom Beeler. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Doing well, Steve. How are you doing? We are doing fantastic. And certainly certainly a strange world we're living in uh, this summer with uh, everything kind of absconder regarding the schedule and that. And uh, the Indy 500 this weekend, of course. And uh, what, what, what for for you, I guess, and, and personally, I mean, uh, what, what, what changes or what, what's the, what's the, uh, how strange is it? I guess is what I'm trying to say <laughs> this year. Yeah, I think for um, uh, for somebody who's lived here practically all of his life, um, it, ha- not having the 500 in May was one thing. Having it in August when the Brickyard for most of its run traditionally ran in August is, is really weird. Fortunately, we've had great weather because everybody expected to swelter, but as it turns out, because it's spectator free, um, everybody can enjoy it from the air conditioning of their own home or the shady area of their own lawn on the radio or TV. So it, it's, it's just particularly weird in the, in the era of Corona. And, um, I know, um, there have been a lot of speculation about when it would be run, and, and uh, so it, basically I think it comes down to when uh, NBC could get the race in at a decent time. And uh, Roger, I know uh, Penske had wanted absolutely to have at least some fans here. So um, I was talking to somebody yesterday who was in the, uh, was talking about renovation in the, the suites, and uh, Roger as early as um, – well, maybe a week or two before the decision was made to run it without fans, was still intent on these renovations have to be done uh, before the 500. So um, it just, as you would expect, um, in an era where we've run, what, 103 of these things, um, you would expect it to be a little bit uh, less weird. Two-part question here for you, Tom, is the pipe bomb. Uh, One, is there any kind of vibe you know, uh, positive vibe going on, uh, the excitement level around the speedway at all this year. And the second is, 
Isn't it amazing how you can run a USAC Silver Crown at the uh, fairgrounds with fans, but uh, you've got just a gargantuan uh, racetrack for the 500, and you're telling me you can't even squeeze in 50,000 fans for that? That just boggles my mind. What do you think? See, you tapped the vein right there. I think that's probably the reaction. Um, the majority of, of people who uh, are fans of the race uh, feel because I remember when the USAC race was announced with fans, I thought, well, good for them. And, and you, like I, know that track pretty well and realizing proximity is significantly more intimate than you would consider even running a quarter attendance at the Speedway. I, This is one of those questions I don't know what, that we'll ever have a definitive answer to. This is kind of a Robin Miller deal idea. I'll see if he digs into it. Is Was this the city and the state? Was this uh, the Speedway? Were they pressured? Were they not pressured? Was this just the most expedient thing? And, and I've used the expression... Uh, online and and i i believe that kind of sums it up in the minds of a lot of people who are dedicated fans is that this really sunday's running of the race is really going to kind of come off like um a 500 mile closed test um and there's too much of a feeling that it's kind of a country club situation that you know the teams are going to be there and and even the sponsors uh have extreme limited opportunity to get in there so I don't know that it necessarily feels fan friendly. I'd say even a quarter of the attendance would at least have given some fans uh, the sense of, of participation and, and at least tangential ownership of that event. Yeah. Cause I mean, we, we've anybody who's seen the 500 in person, it, it's, it's an incredible vibe. The, electricity especially the pre-race and then the start of the race and then things kind of settle down and then there's points there's ebbs and flows of the race itself and battles for the lead and whatnot but when you get a situation uh where there's a fight for the lead late and and you hear that crowd you 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 know you feel it build up build up and or especially you know 2005 with with danica when she took the lead that was an incredible People were screaming and yelling and the excitement right. level and right. whatnot. And, and, you know, you, you can't, that's something, you know, it, it's just, you cannot reproduce that. And I think, you know, it, it's neat. I, I understand the decision to move forward with the sporting events, especially with baseball. It certainly makes sense with, with certain sports like golf and that. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, you know, unfortunately, it's the best that we have, isn't it, at this point, Jeff, or uh, Tom? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if it's got to be done, it's got to be done. I um, I kind of wondered if we shouldn't have taken a hiatus year, but not my call, and it's not my investment. But um, just to maintain the flow and to continue to have the race, it's trying to make the best of a bad situation, obviously. It's difficult, too, with the 500, because unlike um, any of the previous events, like at Road America or Iowa, this is not so much – a race event. Indianapolis is, is more, um, it has kind of that family traditional feeling and less so you, the hardcore guys like you and me and, and the fans that listen know that they're listening or watching the race with uh, a seasoned eye. But an awful lot of people go because it's like the Kentucky Derby. It, it's something that you do and it's what your family has always done. 
Um, and that element in particular is missing. We can all wind up watching uh, daily practice online. We can watch uh, uh, the daily results and, and so forth, but we could always do that. Uh, that opportunity to actually be there or kind of soak it up, um, there's a magic that came with that, that that just isn't there and feels wrong. Uh, I was at the track yesterday uh, for uh, helping Chevrolet related to a pace car thing, and um, it's kind of weird because um, the track is all laid out. Uh, pit Lane still has the the pit wall markings. Uh, they were building the stage in front of the pagoda for driver introductions, but introductions to whom? Um, for the TV audience, but they might have saved some money by not having to go through all the, the hoop jumping and everything else. So they're, they're sure. putting on as much of this as they can to give people the impression, hey, you know, it, it's as it normally was, but we all know better. So it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it certainly is. We're talking with Tom Beeler, Racing Information Service. Make sure you check out their webpage at ris-news.com for good stuff. It's the uh, oldest motorsports-based uh, uh, website uh, on the web, so make sure you check them out. Uh, Tom, Marco Andretti on the pole. Of course, it's a great story. Andretti, uh, of course, is synonymous with uh, Indianapolis, but in a negative way because of the quote-unquote Andretti curse. But uh, could this right. be the year uh, Mike, uh, Markle actually uh, wins the race? You know, the, we were talking about that uh, a couple of days ago and, and thought there'd be a cruel irony that uh, if Marco wins tomorrow, that uh, the second Andretti win comes in front of no crowd. Um, that would be part of the Andretti luck or curse. And uh, But he has performed so consistently through the months uh, fastest practicer yesterday in uh, in uh, car day run-up. Run so um, it's going to be tough. I mean, this is kind of leading that speculation about do you wind up having Hondas that dominated, what, nine of the top ten uh, practice times yesterday uh, over Chevy, uh, or do you have, the like, the Penske preparation where New Garden and Castor Nevis and Power and, and – uh, but it just it winds up being that kind of dominant preparation. You just never really know. So, uh, given the circumstances, I think the fans would love to see Marco win. Um, uh, who was it was talking? It might have been uh, one of the guys was talking last uh, Sunday about uh, respect for drivers in pit lane, and Marco is considered one of the uh, best respected, uh, nicest guys uh, amongst the drivers. Once you kind of separate the racing stuff, so. Um, I think it'd be kind of a popular win in the paddock as well. Oh, I think it would be, and I think it would be really good for the sport too. You know, I, I've always said, uh, you know, last over the last five years or so, uh, him winning the race would be very popular, not only with a lot of the fans, but over, generally overall for just for the sport. Absolutely. And then Dreddy yeah. and, and Victory Lane. So it'll be interesting. That's a good point you brought up, though. It would be, it would be certainly a cruel irony uh, if he does win tomorrow. So. Tom, well, we certainly appreciate – yeah, I'm sorry? No, I was just saying we're looking forward to, to actually seeing all that play out. But like you say, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting day. Um, I, I'm wondering if they're going to pipe uh, audience uh, participation sounds through the uh, TV broadcast or not, like they've done with Premier League and baseball and so on. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah, I kind of hope they do, and I hope that uh, the fans that uh, – 
you know, not just the, the ticket holders in Indianapolis, but I talked about it last week, how it's always been a family tradition uh, in my family where uh, from, you know, growing up as a, as a little kid, my dad was, wasn't a huge racing fan, but every single year I was expected to sit on that couch and watch the, the Indy 500 and I oh, had yeah. no choice. And, uh, you know, I sat there and, uh, you know, I hope a lot of, a lot of families continue that tradition that you've got your own special Indy 500 menu, kind of, kind of like a Super Bowl event that you do. Uh, this year from home instead of from exactly. at the track or in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're planning that here. I mean, I, I like a lot of guys. I hate missing the race. It'd be the first time. Well, I, actually, only the third time I will have missed since 1964. So um, I'm hoping everybody just tunes in, keep the TV numbers up, and uh, let's hope it's an interesting race and that um, the uh, new arrow makes it possible for some of these guys to break. Uh, uh, break some nice passing records. We'll see what happens. Yep. Very good. Tom, thank you very much. We certainly appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. All righty, Steve. Thanks. Good luck. All right. All right. That was Tom Beeler on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. When we come back, it's the return of the Big Red Goo to the airwaves in Milwaukee. Uh, Matt Regatius coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda, and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is the return of the Big Ragu, Matt Regatius. Welcome back, sir. Hey, hello, Milwaukee. Good to be back with you guys. Good to hear you, buddy. It's been too long. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, we were... Uh, uh, Jeff and I were, were mentioned it when we let off the show. I thought IndyCar did a really cool thing this morning. They did a little parade down Main Street and, and Speedway with the drivers, kind of an impromptu thing. And then they actually broke off, and the drivers in their pace cars went to individual tickets, some of the individual longtime season ticket holders' houses to visit with them. Did you did you I, see that earlier today? I did. I saw some of that. Matter of fact, I even saw uh, uh, something online of somebody uh, kind of showing off the, the stuff that they got from their visit with Sage Karam and, and thought that looked like, you know, IndyCar is always, for a long time now, done a great job with the longtime fans. And they, they're so good at, at making those connections. It's one of the things that the sport absolutely does right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. They definitely bring the history uh of the sport to the younger fans and and make them appreciate it as well. Ragu, what was your uh, general reaction when you found out that Penske bought Indy from the George family? Well, it it seemed, you know, I, I've always had that ingrained idea of Penske as the evil empire, sort of a, a Darth Vader-like figure who just has so much control already. So, so there was initially a thought of, you know, some trepidation, but at the same time, the name is synonymous with Indy, and the guy clearly loves Indy. If you can take away the fact that, you know, the, the economics of the sport have allowed him a level of success, and, and, and the way that, that the sport has, has worked in the past, you know, it can make for some, sometimes, you know, you wish for a little better competitive balance that Penske doesn't allow. 
you remove that from your head and think about the fact that this is a guy who knows IndyCar and, and knows what's best for the sport. So, so you know, I quickly went from that trepidation to some excitement and thought, okay, well, let's see what he does here. Let's see what he's going to do. And so far, by everything I'm seeing, he, he's making improvements to the track. He's doing things right with, with theories. He, he's finding ways to make this work. And, and he's got a trial by fire, as we can see. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. you know, to, to have your first 500 be in August and in this condition and in, in this kind of kind of atmosphere, you know, it's it certainly we, we didn't make it easy on, on Roger Penske in his first one here. But uh, so far, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how the final thing all goes down tomorrow. But I think we give him a big curve, too, just because of what we're going through. Well, I think, is there anybody better, though, than him at this point? You know, I mean, th- there's a lot of uh, criticism of the previous owners uh, of the Speedway and the corporation and that. And I've always said, I, I, you know, if this sale had not happened, there would be an absolute panic uh, in on, on the top floor at 16th and Georgetown with, with the George family. Uh, but with, with Penske being in charge, I, I think he certainly brings a, a steady hand uh, to the sport. And, you, you, and he, you know, this is a... this. I, I think the most important thing about Penske is this is a guy who doesn't burn bridges. He's been able to work with every engine manufacturer, in fact, with with manufacture multiple manufacturers at the same time. And I, I thought it was interesting with with this pandemic and that. You know, for years we've been saying NASCAR and IndyCar really need to kind of pool their resources for the betterment of the sport. And we've actually seen a little bit of that so far this year. But not only that, but actually how they're handling uh, how they're how they're doing the races and, and the social distancing and, and and how they're closing off the paddock and that. And I was just wondering what your reaction to that is so far. Yeah, I'm I'm going to use a two-word phrase that race car fans are maybe not familiar with, and I know NASCAR fans really have never heard, and that is forward thinking. Actually, considering where the sport needs to be five years down the road, ten mm-hmm. years down the road. And doing it now, it's just not something that you see in motorsports. It's not something you see in general, whereas you know, it's, it's probably the one thing that has always held racing back is that, you know, and, and I get some of it. It's a tradition-based sport in a lot of ways, and people get very set in their ways and like things the way they are. And so whenever you're trying to do something to kind of revolutionize to think ahead, there's going to be some pushback, but you know, IndyCar has done it here and they've done it right. And, and yeah, there are, they're hitting, they're hitting the right notes. Yeah. And you look, I think that one of the criticisms and, and we were certainly when, when we were together doing the show and that one of our frustrations, especially with IndyCar was, it was like their marketing plan was, okay, what are we going to do this year? And it wasn't until this late, the latest group took over IndyCar and Jay Fry and his group that where they actually had a where we, like what you mentioned a five-year plan. There's a five-year plan in place. This is where they want to be. These are the venues they want to be, and they've been implementing it. And you're seeing it, you know. And especially now with the consolidated television package, I think that's a plus for them. And it'll be. Uh, where, where do you think ratings are going to be? Is this going to be maybe uh, 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 actually a plus? Uh, could the ratings be higher? in August than they would have been possibly in May at this point? Well, I guarantee they'll be higher here in Indianapolis. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's just the, the yeah. beauty of having the race on live instead of on yeah, 
Explain that to, for those who may not be familiar with the with with the with the blackout in in. Yeah, Indianapolis. so in Indianapolis for Central Indiana in general, those who get Indianapolis TV, uh, the race has always been on on tape delay. It has never been on live. It's a blackout live because you know they say, well, you need to fill the stadium, you need to fill the track to get or to have a live race, and you can't, you literally can't fill the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You can always fit somebody else into the infield and so it's, it's kind of this you know backwards joke that oh well yeah maybe this year it'll be a sellout quote unquote and we can have this race live of course it never is it was for the hundredth a few years ago they did that i think kind of as a as a bend the right ears and get that to change in indianapolis because what it does is it hurts two groups of people it holds it hurts older fans who have paid their dues who have gone to the race year in year out and now it's a, you know the Indy 500 is a day and it's a, it's it's not easy you know if you're getting up there in age to go out there if it's 100 degrees it's a long day it, it's just easier probably to watch it at home and then also little kids I mean, my, my oldest son is finally getting close to the age he likes any car we watch on TV but if he can't watch the races at home when he's not old enough to go to the track, it's going to make it that much harder to talk him into wanting to go to the track when he is old enough. And so, yeah, it's an outdated principle and, and it's one that, that needs to go. But, uh, but yeah, to answer your first question, I do think ratings will be nice and people, people need stuff to do. They need stuff to watch. Sports is, you know, it seems to be, you know, now that we're sort of easing our way back into things, we're, we're doing fairly well with that. And the Indy 500 is still an event and it's still, you know, uh, we've managed to, to, to create a curiosity around it, I think, by having it at this strange time of year. So I, I look forward to seeing that, too, and seeing where those ratings are. But I think I don't think they'll be better necessarily than May, but I think they'll still be good. Yeah, they're going to have challenges with the wall-to-wall uh, basketball playoffs, you know, that, that tip off at noon and go till 10 o'clock. When in previous years, they only had, to, you know, there was only a couple games at night. So, you know, it's going to be uh, – they're gonna. It's gonna be a little bit more uh, more choices for for people on TV. But like you said, hopefully everybody tunes in and the numbers are through the roof. A uh, question for Matt: H- Have you seen Danica's arms? <laughs> no, no, I've not. They're huge. And I'm wondering if that was maybe reason. Well, they're huge because she, you know, she does yoga and she's always doing these sit-ups and push-ups and whatnot. And I, I'm wondering if maybe, maybe the reason why her and Rogers broke up is that Rogers is a little jealous of her arms. I think they actually might be bigger than his at this point. Oh, stop! Let those kids be. They've been but uh, Danica, you know, Danica's back. Mike, Mike Tirico, who I, I really like and I think is underutilized uh, in sports media, is, is hosting. And and I'd love to see see more of Mike Tirico. And uh, but you know, Danica is back on. Does that does that help give it a big big event vibe? Do you think? I don't I don't know that Danica is the draw she once was. I think. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be people tuning in specifically because Danica is on. I think there may be some people who tune, on, tune in who didn't know she was going to be on and go, oh, well, that's cool. I, I, liked, I liked her. She was, I remember when she was racing Indy cars. And, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't think that makes a huge difference at this point. Uh, I, I do think that, uh, you know, NBC's coverage in general, they, 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 they do the series well, and that's you know, that's the, the best thing they have going. You know, personalities 
or not, you know, and I agree with you on Tarico. He does a, he does a good job with pretty much everything, but, but just their general package uh, has been really, really sharp and it's getting better every year. So I, I'm, I, you know, I am excited to see the race there. Why can't they transfer that over to NASCAR? Cause NBC's coverage of NASCAR is God awful. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Actually, it, it, you know, you know, that's a that's a good question, and I guess that that probably is something that comes from the top and comes from, you know, those making the decisions within within the sports. I, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, no sport, no network gets to make every decision on how they cover things without the input of the sport they're covering, and so. You know, I look at NBC and say they do a great job on IndyCar. They do a really great job on uh, NHL hockey. They have for a long time. They do a good job on pretty much everything they cover except NASCAR. And if that's the case, you know, you, you look at it and you go, well, all right, if, if, if everybody else is okay and this one's not, it's probably not NBC's fault. I, th- I think I agree with you because NASCAR loves to control everything. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. And so it's just kind of you know, it's kind of frustrating when you see a situation like that. Well, what what's the latest one? We was speaking with Matt Regacious, of course, uh, who is now lives in the Metro Indianapolis area. What's uh, for the listeners? What's the latest uh, with Matt? How are you doing down there? You know, we're good. We've been uh, we've been really super locked in uh, here at home. We've been we've been keeping the whole uh, the whole uh, social distancing thing very seriously. So yeah, I've been uh, you know I'm 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 a little bit I, I can I'm a little bit used to these walls of this house at this point. But uh, but that's all right. There's you know there's there's always stuff to watch. You know you know there's like every Indy 500 that was ever run is on YouTube. You can go go on back and watch the '92 Indy 500. Watch Little Al. Go back and watch. You know the spin and win—they're all—they're all there. That's an afternoon. That's you know, you keep busy in, in a in a lockdown. It's not that tough. But uh, but yeah, we're we're good. We're uh, we're just sort of you know in that same holding pattern as everybody else. And and I've uh, you know doing my best to to become a uh, first grade teacher and a, and a preschool teacher for my two boys right now, and and, and help these uh, regular teachers along as much as they can to the online schooling stuff. But. Uh, it's always an adventure, that's for sure. It is what it is. Well, if you're opening your own school, I got three that I'll ship down to you, and uh, you. Oh, you know, I think I just them. hit my uh, my enrollment level. I'm all I'm all locked up. I'm so sorry. Maybe next year. Darn. Very good. Well, Matt, we certainly appreciate you taking time out. Who do you like this uh, tomorrow in in the race? Who's your favorite? I, I, I love this field. Let me just say that. It, it's, it's such a cool field that you've got, what, eight former winners, and then you've got some great young drivers who are coming to the road and a great class of rookies. Uh, I think uh, my – I'm really thinking Scott Dixon, as good as he's been all year – he, he is the guy to be here. I, I know sentimentally you think Marco, and wouldn't it make sense for an Andretti to win on a race where there aren't any fans? Like, like that would be the most twisted yeah. Andretti thing to happen. You finally win one again, and there's no one there to celebrate. But, uh, but I, I think Scott Dixon's going to be the, the guy to be here. Uh, and then, you know, if it is going to be one of the young guys, if it is going to be a rookie, I think you know, I, I really like Ryan VK. I think he is a guy who, if he doesn't win it this year, he's going to get one at some point. So I, I think that's a, a name to look for from the, the younger guys, maybe a dark horse. Uh, and to put one more name out there, I, I'll, I'll never, ever sleep on Alexander Rossi in Indianapolis. Okay, very good. I like that. Very Three very good picks. Matt, we certainly appreciate it and look forward to chatting with you again soon. Always a pleasure, Steve. Take care. All right, that was Matt Regacious on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline.
As your passion outgrown your home, a Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give it the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. We'll be back after this with Larry Janicek on the Final Inspection Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 